Welcome back to Porn Apart, the podcast for wives who want to fight for their marriages in Jesus' name. You may be facing brokenness because pornography has invaded your relationship with your husband. There may be infidelity, emotional affairs. The list goes on and on and on. You've come to the right place, my friend. I have walked that road and I'm here to tell you, no matter where you are on that journey, there is hope because of Jesus. He is fighting for you and I'm here to help along the way too. Today on episode eight, you are in for a real treat. You will be listening in on a conversation between my husband, David, and myself. In this two-part series, we are doing our best to tackle questions that wives just like you, wives whose husbands who are dealing with porn use or porn addiction, you guys sent these questions in for us to discuss. David is a recovering porn addict. He has now been clean for the last two years. I am a recovering codependent wife who had to learn to stand on the promises of God through that long journey. Today, on the first half of our discussion, you will hear us share about our story of sexual brokenness and how God began to knit us back together again. You are in for a treat today. I have my husband here at the old folding table with me while uh, we talk about pornography. That's what this podcast is about. We started this ministry, Porn Apart, to help women like you couples like you be free from this addiction and our uh, Jesus has redeemed our marriage and we believe that he can redeem yours too so babe I'm glad you're here well I'm glad I'm here I uh, what, what we planned for this podcast is that we have a list of questions from women and all of these women who submitted questions are wives just like me, whose husbands have struggled with porn addiction, or they're currently struggling. And we know that there's lots of different layers to that battle, and there's lots of different uh, viewpoints of how it should go, and how couples should walk through this together. And um, there's lots of conflicting information out there. So uh, I just wanna start with saying I'm so thankful for you being willing to share this part of your story because we couldn't have this ministry and we we couldn't be helping the women, the wives that we're helping right now if you weren't a courageous man of God who was willing for your story to be shared. So thank you so much for that. And um, thank you also, you might not know that David produces, edits, all of my podcast episodes. So he's really the one that makes me sound good. And we're, we're kind of figuring this podcast thing out together. But David's the one behind the scenes um, of all that. What's on your mind? What are you thinking right now? I mean, I want to do my part to help people that I can, whether it be wives understanding maybe a little bit of what's going through their husband's minds, or, you know, if one of their husbands wants to listen or you know, wants to talk, I'm here for that too. Right, I'm glad you said that. We have started Porn Apart with a major focus on the wives of husbands who are addicted. And we know that there is a lot 
bigger bird's eye view to this problem. And I get messages from people all the time saying, hey, you know that there are women that struggle with this too and there are wives that struggle with this too or why aren't you doing anything <laughs> to help the men who are struggling? All I can say is that we are just two people who felt like God was saying, use this, do this. And we're just taking it one day at a time, one step at a time, and literally recording these things after our kids go to bed at night. We both have jobs, we both work, we have kids, we homeschool our kids. So like literally, we're sitting at a card table in a spare room uh, in front of a microphone just saying, Lord, we want you to use us. And we have little Facebook ministry going and a little podcast going and we have big vision for what we want to happen with Porn Apart and we want it to be full-fledged David being able to lead and help men and maybe have his own podcast or his own side for the men and my own side for the women but we're just taking baby steps to see if we can get there. All right so I'm going to ask really tough questions today and I have tough questions and the women submitted tough questions but I know that just in general sharing this story is not easy and bearing these parts of your soul and anyone sharing their deepest darkest sin gosh that terrifies me and I just admire you so much for being willing to sit here and to share this I hope you know I'm crazy about you and everyone listening should know that too and that I think you're so brave I just want to start in case we have first-time listeners on here, because I think there's a good chance there will be. Would you just tell us a little bit, you don't have to go super deep, but a little bit of how your porn addiction started and just the story of how that happened, and then I'll pick up when we got together. I would say that when it all started, it wasn't a thought of that this is a porn addiction that's starting. In the, the, the first time that I remember as a seventh grade, a friend brought their dad's Playboy to school, and it kind of got passed around. And from there, it just be kind of came a, uh, how far can you go? What can you get away with? It wasn't in my family as far as some of that was. And so you just found it wherever you could because when I was in school, there was no internet. There wasn't, it wasn't as easily accessible as it is now. And so, you know, I, I know as a, as a parent, I'm terrified with my kids, what they can find on the internet and just want to protect them from what they can because of where I've been. And I think what happens with pornography is that it starts off what you think may be innocent. And it's kind of like that. It's just not enough. And so then you got to go to the next step and the next level, the next level, the next level, the next level. And, uh, you know, back then you did what you could to find it where you could. And it wasn't always accessible, but you did what you could. Yeah, I think sometimes that's the way that our enemy Satan likes to work in us is that it starts small and it seems just tiny and enticing and kind of like it doesn't hurt anybody and it's exciting and whether that is the sin of of pornography or or of other other sexual sins or other sins in general that it's um a slow fade it's like that old story of the frog in the water on the stove if you throw a frog into boiling water it jumps out but if you put the frog in lukewarm water and slowly heat up water, he'll boil to death. And I think that's what happens when men, especially God-fearing, Jesus-loving men, get trapped in this addiction. 
is that that water has slowly been turned up over time. And yes, there's choice involved. Yes, there's conviction involved. The Holy Spirit is obviously there, but there's also spiritual warfare involved too. And I don't ever want to mince words about that because I think so many times our evangelical Christian culture will just say, well, that's just disgusting. They just need to stop. And that isn't the reality. Like any man that has been willing to talk to us about this have all basically said the same thing, is that it didn't feel wrong at first. And I was, Satan began his attack when they were young and it grew over time. So I come into play in David's story when we got together and we felt like God was leading us to marriage. And I could tell that we were having really serious conversations and talking about the future. And I was starting to get the feeling that he was going to ask me to marry him. And I knew that I had sexual sin in my past that prior to becoming a believer, I had had several sexual partners and that God was very clearly speaking to me that I needed to share about my own struggle in the area of sexual sin with my would-be future husband. And uh, when uh, we did that, I'm not sure, I'm not sure you were ready to hear everything that I had to say. And I also was not ready to hear what you had to say because you also shared that, that your struggle with porn addiction. And I did not see that coming. And I don't know if you, you remember, you probably do, but we took some time away from each other to, to separate and to pray and to hear from the Holy Spirit. And you were walking in victory at that time. And in my mind, I sort of felt like, okay, he's, he's walking in freedom, he's walking in victory from this thing that he's had in his past, and we'll get married, and we'll have lots of sex, and that'll solve the problem, because I'll be the best wife ever, and I'll make sure that he never wants for anything else besides our marriage bed. And that just shows my naivety about how all of that spiritual warfare works, which I learned over time, and... It, I think it also shows what uh, peels back the onion layers a little bit on what evangelical churches for decades have taught couples, young couples and older couples about how to keep themselves from sin and that a good regimen of sex is a part of that. And while I believe that's true, I don't think it's the whole answer to, to the whole story. So what do you remember about that time that we were getting together and we shared those parts of our past with each other. I remember, you know, having that conversation, but for me, I thought that it really was the end and that, you know, it was going to be done, but it wasn't. I mean, it, it, it really is uh, that spiritual attack, that spiritual warfare that's there that you have to fight on a daily basis. Uh, unfortunately, I think that the church, when I was growing up, at least when you went to church, you put on your best face. It wasn't about bringing uh, the sin that you had in your life or the things that you were struggling with because it was almost like when you showed up to church, you were supposed to be the perfect Christian. Mm. You know, that you didn't have anything going on in your life, that there was nothing behind the scenes. There was, you know, that you, when you showed up, this is who you were and there was nothing that you were struggling with. When in reality, most people that come to church have something. You know, and if you really look at the statistics that most men have 
been involved or are involved with pornography. It's one of those things, it's because it's a sin of the eyes, and that's how men were created and how we are, how everything is put together is that we, we do things with the eyes first. And so that was part of it was just kind of that I thought it was going to be over. I thought it was the end, but it just wasn't. Do you remember how long it was after we got married that you were able to abstain or when those feelings of being drawn back into it started coming back? It started being a temptation for you again. I don't know. I can't say it was very long. Just because it was that rush or whatever it was, I don't I don't know what it was. But when you're involved with that, it's just kind of like you want, like a drug addict, you want your next hit. You want what's, you know, what's next. And, you know, as you see things, you're like, oh, I need to look at that or I want to look at this. And so you never know. You know, I, I don't remember how long it was. I can't say that it was very long just because it had been such a part of my life for so long. Yeah. I remember it being less than a year, and I'm not sure exactly, kind of like you, I don't remember exactly, but when I started realizing maybe these things that I'm noticing are leading back to this addiction. And at first, like, I went through this whole gamut of emotions, and sometimes those came up for me for years in our marriage, thinking that you just weren't happy in our marriage, or thinking that... You know, you weren't interested in me. You weren't attracted to me. And those came up initially, even, you know, as newlyweds in the newlywed season. And I don't I don't remember when, but I, I definitely remember feeling like the Holy Spirit was letting me know that that is what was going on with you. And I didn't confront you about it for a long time, mostly out of fear. And, you know, also just my own brokenness, like crying out to the Lord about, you know, what was wrong with me. And so many women go through that. And I know that you've said to me many times, and I've heard other men say it for many times, and actually for years I didn't believe you about this, when you were to say that you running to porn or you returning to that for your hit or for your stress relief or for to relax or whatever it was, wasn't really about me and wasn't about my body and wasn't about our sex life you were adamant that you were enjoying our sex life but that somehow this was compartmentalized for you can you share a little bit about that that's kind of a hard one because it it really is a compartmentalized part of life it really doesn't have anything to do with who you're married to it never did since we've been married it wasn't like I got up and I was like I'm not happy in in my marriage but it was something different. When it becomes such a big part of your life, there's certain things that you have in your mind of what sex is going to be like, and it's not. And unfortunately, a lot of men bite into that, that idea of what it is based on what they're seeing. In reality, it's not. It's not real. And so it really had nothing to do just because it had been going on so long. If, if it was something I think that I started after we'd gotten married, it'd be different. Mm -hmm. But because it had been going on so long, it, it didn't have anything to do with you. You know, when you're, when you're in something for so long and somebody else or something else comes into the, into the fray of everything, it's not really about that thing. 
it's it's that it's been going on so long that it's become such a part of who you are. So I have two thought I have two questions or thoughts that kind of spur off of that. You can decide which one you want to answer first. The first one is that I've come to believe that it doesn't have a you know everything to do with the wife, the the woman's body, their her sex appeal, those kind of things. However, I've heard you say that women withholding sex as a punishment or withholding sex as to try to get their guy's attention, you're not for it. You're not for that. So that's one question I'd like to hear about that. The other thing on my mind is like we learn in recovery ministries or every type of every type of recovery program talks about how the addiction that you struggle with isn't really the problem. There's something behind that. There's something deeper that leads to that addiction. I'm very open about the fact that I have struggled with food addiction my whole life. And kind of like your addiction with porn, I have cycled in and out of times of victory with it. Sometimes I'm doing really well and I feel very in control and that I've given over what I'm eating to the Lord. Other times I feel like it's sort of managing me, that I'm out of control, that I'm not walking in victory in that. And I have had to dig deeper and I'm still working on it. I'm a work in progress in that area that there's some, it's not just food and it's not just overconsumption, that there's something deeper. So do you know what that is? Like, have you identified that for you? And I'm assuming that was a part of your being able to walk away, but would you please share about that? I think for me, the deeper issue was, was more than anything was self-esteem. I never was a guy that had a lot of girlfriends. I never was the one that, you know, went out, dated a bunch. I wasn't the one that the women that girls always wanted to be around as far as anything but friends. And so as time went on, you get that idea of this is all that there is. You're not going to find somebody. And so that that thought just kind of comes in and it kind of, it just keeps coming in. And from that, you try to block it out in some way. And we are all sexual beings in one way or another. And so uh, when the thought of you're never going to get married, you're not going to have this kind of relationship with somebody that you turn to something else. Right. I know too that you've shared with me that there were certain times in our marriage that if you and I were kind of at odds with each other or if we had had a disagreement or a spat or something that you would be tempted to run to that, that you'd be tempted to run to porn to kind of, I don't know, you share about that. Like, well, what, what do you think drew you to that? Well, I think, you know, going back to your first part of that, of your questions, I think all of it kind of comes together that a lot of times when women want to withhold sex, when they want to shame their husbands, they do these things that are negative towards their husband to try to get them to stop. It's kind of a, to me, a lot of times it's that, it's that stressor. You know, there's a lot of times that I've known people in my life that have tried to stop smoking or stop drinking and they do okay for a while and then something stressful comes up and that's the way that they have relieved their stress have taken their mind off of it uh, you know a lot of people that go in that are addicted to alcohol they go to 
they go to the bars, they go to the, you know, to the liquor store, whatever, to to mask what's going on and how they feel. It seems to be easier that if you're in this this cycle of of this addiction of pornography, that when things like that hit, that you it's almost like you want to spite your wife for that and say, Well, you're doing that, so I'm going to I'm gonna show you. And it really does cause the opposite effect of what you're trying to accomplish. And I understand what you're trying to accomplish. You know, I understand that you know, we all want to get somebody's attention when they're doing something wrong and we want them to change. But in this instance, this is not one of those times that you kick them to the couch or, you know, you you say something harsh to them because when you do that, it really does a lot of times send them into that addiction and they're going to go back to whatever whatever form that they're that they're into. Or at least they're going to potentially be tempted in that way. However, I do want to say, though, that for the woman that is listening who is feeling unsafe in bed with her husband, that her husband is asking her to do things that feel out of control or painful or scary, that absolutely you should be able to say no and that you should be able to always feel that that is a place of safe intimacy and trust with your husband and that we would never recommend that you continue to have sex in a, in a way that you feel definitely not unsafe or in any compromised position. However, if the spirit behind you choosing to abstain is simply to be punitive, to teach your husband a lesson or to try to entice him, you know, in some way, that I don't think that that is the way it should happen. I don't think that that is the way that God would intend us to treat our husbands. And this is where some of the experts disagree with us. And that's okay because this is our story. And I was never, I was never able to feel like God was saying, okay, Piper, you're just released from having any type of intimate relationship with your husband. And in a way, I was grateful for that because I shared that I had sexual sin in my past too, is that I felt like sex was healthy for me too, as just as a human, that God, as David said, created me as a sexual being also. And that, again, like, I had a loving husband who was doing his best to follow Jesus and was doing his best to fight this addiction, would sometimes stumble. I felt that us continuing to wade through the muddy waters of figuring out how to love each other well physically ended up serving us in the long run. I had to learn how to become a better communicator. I know that. Is that I had to learn how to say yes and no and not now or under these circumstances. That I had to get better at that and I think you did too. And over time that grew, that area of our life grew, and God blessed it. So I wanted to read a couple of verses about this where scripture backs this up, this idea that you shouldn't withhold sex from your spouse as a punishment or as a correction. And thankfully, we have some really clear scripture on this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting at verse 3. The husband must fulfill his marital duty to his wife with goodwill and kindness. And likewise, 
the wife to her husband. The wife does not have exclusive authority over her own body, but the husband shares with her. And likewise, the husband does not have exclusive authority over his body, but the wife shares with him. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but come together again so that Satan will not tempt you to sin because of your lack of self-control. I think that really speaks true to this battle, that God is going to glorify and bless you if you and your husband can decide to battle this together. And that you can say, maybe abstaining from sex is can be a part of what he needs to reset in his mind and his heart. And I know that we did that a couple of times. We took time to just focus on whatever Bible study we were reading, whatever prayer. We never did it for extended lengths of time. But that there were times that we made a choice to say we really need to focus and get back to these healthy areas together, praying together, reading scripture together, those kind of things. So thanks for sharing all of that. Thank you so, so much for listening to us have this conversation. We will finish it up on our next episode as we work through questions that wives like you sent in for David to answer. If you'd like to learn more about us and see what our ministry has to offer, please find us online at pornapart.com. If you feel like you're ready to take some steps of your own recovery and your own healing, I encourage you to start with our guide, Three Steps to Thriving, which can be found at pornapart.com thrive. Remember, no matter what you are facing or what your husband is facing, who you really need is Jesus, who heals us through his word, prayer, meditation, community, good food, movement, therapy, and rest. That's all for today, friends. I want to thank my husband, David, for editing this show and for being a courageous man of God who is willing to share his story with the world. If you are the wife of a porn user, this podcast is here to encourage you and strengthen you right where you are. Would you take a moment and please subscribe and leave us a review? We would love to be a support to you. You can also find us at pornapart.com. See you next week.